Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Demacek puts Cole Custer into the wall. They both stay on the throttle. Now they're beginning to crash. One truck goes sliding wildly. One truck is in the air. Matt Crafton upside down. The Motor Racing Network presents the tough trucks of NASCAR. 25 years and still trucking. Get the line. Mike Skinner wins it by two one hundredths of a second. He was too bullheaded to let me pass him, and I was too bullheaded to let him have it. Brendan Gaughan wins in his own backyard at the Las Vegas. Fans were in. We partied in the race shop for hours. It was a wild party night. Now here's Sprague going for second. He and Hornaday come together. Now Hornaday goes around, slams into the wall. To this day, he can't tell me if I ever spun him out. Because I can save it better than him. I told you he was going to play that bad. I told you. From the Motor Racing Network Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Welcome back to MRN Presents, the tough trucks of NASCAR. 25 years and still trucking. I'm Mike Bagley. We continue our 10-part journey celebrating 25 years of truck racing with some of the best moments in championship history. Since the opening season in 1995, the Truck Series has seen 17 different champions. Its first was Mike Skinner. The first ever NASCAR Super Truck Series by Craftsman Champion, Mike Skinner wins here at Phoenix today. He will win the championship. Its second was one of the best of all time. Ron Hornaday in 1996. Ron Hornaday, the point leader. He is now the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series champion, finishing in the 10th position. And in 1998, Ron Hornaday became the first two-time champion. Ron Hornaday is the 1998 NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series champion. The following year, though, came one of the wildest finishes in championship history. A year that saw Dale Earnhardt field trucks for Ron Hornaday Jr., Rick Hendrick with Jack Sprague, and Jack Roush with young up-and-coming standout Greg Biffle. And for the 14th time in his career, and for the first time in 1999, Jack Sprague is the winner on the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series circuit. As Sprague gathered a few wins throughout the early part of the year, the summer was dominated by Roush's new hot shoe, Greg Biffle, and the championship was his to lose. He has won now six of the last eight races. Greg Biffle wins the Orleans 250. After his ninth win in Vegas, with three races remaining in the year, the championship favorite says NASCAR came down hard on his race team with a massive penalty. Yeah, <clears throat> there's there's a little probably something in the in the record books or you know deep in the paperwork that's that doesn't get talked about, you know, and you don't see it. But we got 120 points taken away after the Las Vegas win with only three three races to go in the series. And call it what you will, you know, there's always been this rivalry going on. NASCAR doesn't like Jack and, you know, you know whatever. The, they butt heads, you know, because they're both type A personalities. He's not the old Southern boy, you know. He's from Detroit. He's a Yankee and, and all these other things, right? So there's always been that butting heads a little bit. And, you know, he's not Richard Childress or Rick Hendrick or, or Joe Gibbs. So, but anyway, long story short is, um, you know, that's a thorn in our side. 
1999, we took an intake manifold to Disney World Speedway, and I just so happened to be standing in the truck when Tom Gent had uh, Rich, which was the engine technical director guy at that time, look at the intake manifold and approve it, and, and it's been something they've been working on over the winter, and it made six more horsepower or something than than what they previously had. So that particular intake manifold, we ran three races in 1999. Portland Speedway, Michigan win, and Las Vegas win. And after the Las Vegas win, they were scrutinizing the manifold. And this was a this is a big deal and it still is today if you talk to Jack. Which, which it is a big deal for me, is the NASCAR official had amnesia after that Las Vegas win and said, I'm not sure if I ever inspected this particular manifold before. And so they deemed the intake manifold illegal and took 120 points away from me. And that's what cost me the 1999 title. And unfortunately, two years later, the NASCAR official came back and apologized to myself and Jack and and everybody else. And I think a few people got changed out in that series as far as the director and some others over that. But unfortunately, we can't change the record books. And it, it's a decision that comes down, you know, that NASCAR has to make or that, that's made and you can't really reverse it. The penalty evaporated what was a massive lead in the point standings for Biffle. And the next few weeks, they did everything they could to separate themselves. The trucks ended the year in Fontana, California. And what transpired in the final race of 1999 was hard to believe. The following is a presentation of MRN Radio, the voice of NASCAR racing. The NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series Championship will be decided today in the Napa Auto Parts 200 at the California Speedway. This vast two-mile oval is the perfect battleground to settle the closest three-man title fight in series history. 25 points separate Greg Biffle, Jack Sprague, and Dennis Setzer. Being the championship leader, Biffle knows he can't afford to be too aggressive. I need to really control myself because, you know, any racer when the green drops wants to race. And that's how you get yourself in trouble. 30 laps in, you get tangled up with somebody. Um, or you let somebody get tangled up with you, meaning they're faster and you're trying to hold them off. You're trying to run your line and they get a tire down on the apron and get up into you or something like that. You need to race defensively at the same time, you know, offensively. Biffle has his work cut out. He's starting 24th while Sprague and Setzer start from inside the top 10. The NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series season-ending Napa Auto Parts 200. Next. M. R.N. Radio presents NASCAR Today. Coming into the race in Southern California, Greg Biffle held a slim 21-point lead over Jack Sprague. And in qualifying, Biffle caught a massive gust of wind, which hurt his lap. He started 24th. Are you ready? Is the championship yours today? Well, I'll tell you what, the Granger team's all got a whole uh, job work cut out for us here today. Uh, starting deep in the field, my fault, qualifying. Uh, the guys have done a great job for me all season. I'm sure they have good pit stops today, and it's up to me on the racetrack today to get this Granger forward to the front. While Sprague qualified third. Jack, after 24 races in 1999 and two wins, it's all down to this, and the question remains, can you win the 1999 NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series Championship for the second time this year? Well, it's definitely a great opportunity for that. Uh, the guys have done a great job all year. They're the reason we're here. We've had a very trying year, and uh, I'll tell you, these guys in the GMAC show, they've done a great job and put us in this position, and uh, 
you know, I don't know what I'd do without them, guys. We're just going to go out here and do the best we can. If we win this thing, great. If not, we'll get them next year. We're underway at the California Speedway, and at the jump, Andy Houston has a slight advantage. Jay Sauter trying to pull up alongside, and they're three wide for the second spot, going back to turn one. A relatively clean race, saw a late caution for debris, and caution on the Speedway. Caution for a problem in turn three. Looks like a piece of debris has been spotted on the racetrack. And we are under the caution flag at lap 91. There are just nine laps to go in the Napa Auto Parts 200. This could decide the race winner and also the champion for 1999. Tough break for Greg Biffle. He's currently being shown in the ninth spot. Set up a remarkable restart for the championship. But now it's 1999 and we're getting down to it. A green, a white, and a checkered here. The Napa Auto Parts 200 will decide it. Bliss. On the jump, has the lead. Hornaday looks to his outside. Sprague has got third. They're racing back to turn one. And Ron Hornaday wants the lead. He dives low on Bliss as they hit turn number one. They are side by side. All the trucks fan out as they hit the back straight away, but Sprague will have the point. Joe Rutman runs second. They've broken away four wide as they hit three with Compton. Hornaday. Hamilton and Bliss, here they come off of four. Craig Biffle has got to make something happen. He has to pass two trucks. They're racing double wide in front of him. Off turn four, Sprague wins the race. Biffle will fall short, and Jack Sprague is the race winner. And as we see it, the 1999 NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series champion. Oh, my, what an ending. A push from Ron Hornaday sealed Greg Biffle's fate, and Jack Sprague went on to win the race and the championship. I wasn't even in contention to win that race. It was Hornaday and Bliss led the whole day. Come down to the end, I'm third. They're racing each other. They go into one, and they get all washed up the racetrack. I pass them both. Rutman follows me through, and I remember going down the backstretch trying to break the draft on Rutman just so I could win the dang race. And Rutman says, I don't know why he was doing that. I'd have followed him in the pits. I wasn't trying to pass him. I was trying to help him win. (laughs) But we we had a plan that me and Hornaday go out there and park side, truck side by side, stand on the bed tops, and, and because he helped me, he said, dude, I'm going to win this race. You just, you don't have to win. Just draft me all day, push me. I said, okay, dude, whatever. As right now, the two championship contenders have pulled door to door, no doubt swapping some kind of gesture, albeit probably a spirited thanks for the ride. Jack Sprague wins twice in Fontana. Hornaday was rewarded handsomely for helping Sprague. Two weeks later, I got 100 cases of Coors Light for helping Jack win a championship. 100 cases of Coors Light? What was it all about two white? weeks? All but one case is drank at my house. <laughs> that was a while ago. That was, that was a while. long time ago. <laughs> might I, have been I, too I held up some people 99. for Jack a little bit. No, you told me. He, he told me before the race. He was good. He was fast. I was fast. He says, draft with me all day. Don't try to pass me. And you'll win this championship. You don't need to win the race. So I did. But then at the end, Bliss got up in the middle of it. And him and Bliss went to one. And I passed them both. And Ruffman followed me. <laughs> I told you that story. But... I followed him all day. I didn't try to pass him until Bliss got him all messed up. And I'm like, eh, deal off. Deal off. Go. Here's Tony Rizzuti, who at the time was Hornaday's public relations director. As much as Hornaday and Sprague were thought to be rivals, and I think, you know, when they got behind the wheel of their machines, they were rivals. But they were also really good friends, and they respected each other. I think Ron knew the importance and has always known the importance of, of GM and Chevrolet in his career. And I think Ron knew if he could work 
and help Jack win the championship. That would go a long way long term in his career, and I think it did. Ultimately, it was Biffle's teammate, Mike Bliss, who passed him late in the race. The position cost Biffle his first championship. It's an unfortunate thing, but we did win nine races, more than anybody has still today, and they've gotten so, so close. So many people have gotten so close, and I'm sitting there throwing stones at the TV going, no, 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 don't, don't, don't win more than nine, because it's fun. You know, it's it was a great year for us. It was, it was a really good year for us, and, and I figured the trucks out, and we had a setup similar to, you know, you look at some of these guys like Harvick or, or, or any of these other guys that get onto a setup or get onto something that works. And uh, we got onto something that worked, and we won a bunch of races. Biffle went on to win the championship in 2000. Greg Biffle last year came up eight points short from the Craftsman Truck Series championship here at the uh, California Speedway this afternoon. He comes home fifth and, of course, wins the Craftsman Truck Series championship for 2000. And in 2001... Sprague became the first three-time champion. And Jack Sprague has climbed aboard the Net Zero Chevy. He, too, is going around the California Speedway. He's going to light them up as it's championship day in California. Mike Bliss won the title in 2002, and in the same season, Brendan Gaughan earned Rookie of the Year honors. The following year, Brendan would have his heart broken in one of the Truck Series' most controversial championships. MRN Radio presents NASCAR Today. Coming into the Ford 200 at Homestead, the final race of the 2003 season, Brendan Gaughan held a 26-point lead over Ted Musgrave. Gaughan was driving for his father while Ted Musgrave was driving for Ultra Motorsports and Jimmy Smith. Gaughan describes being nervous going into the race because of problems they had in practice. We blew two motors in practice, and everybody was like dead panicked. Like people are thinking, oh my God, there's a problem. Remember, we did our own motors. We owned the engine shop with Carrera Racing Engines. We were a complete race team. And we lost two of them in practice, and everybody was like, ooh, they got a motor problem. And Kevin Croyer, who is my engine builder, been my engine builder since I was 15, Kevin traced down what the problem was, found out it was a bad batch of, of a, a part. I won't pick out the part, because that's rude. But there was a part that had a bad batch of metal, and the two motors were in sequence that came from the manufacturer. So our third motor we knew was good. Gone had to start in the back because of engine changes. But the team was still confident they could close out the championship. I remember how fast we were. We had to start in the back because the motor changes. But we were so fast. Nobody was going was, was gonna to hold a candle to us on mile and a half that year. And we were super fast and, and just amazingly good pit stops. The tr- crew was great. You know, I mean, we were... We, we were on our A game. We were as good as we ever were. Jimmy Smith entered five trucks that day. One, of course, being Ted Musgrave, who was chasing Gone down for the title. The others played havoc all day long on Gone, nearly avoiding a spinning Tyler Walker just a few laps in. Corner. Oh, trouble off turn number four, right in front of Brendan Gone. One truck spins around. It's Tyler Walker. He loops the truck down to the inside, does not collect anybody else. And ultimately getting involved in a crash with Marty Houston on lap 101, which ended Gone's title hopes. Brendan Gone gets turned around and slams hard into the inside retaining wall, the whole front end of the Orleans Dodge, and now he's T-boned. Another truck comes along. Brian Refner T-bones the Brendan Gaughan truck as he was spinning here across the start finish line. The caution flag comes out yet again. Running five trucks is asinine and and, uh, a little upsetting right now, but hey, we'll end up 
second, third, fourth, something like that in the championship. And, uh, you know, for a team based out of Las Vegas, we're not half bad. The championship now came down to Travis Quapple, Jimmy Smith's truck and Ted Musgrave, and Dennis Setzer. All three were in contention on a green-white checker finish to settle it all. As they cross the start-finish line, head off into the corner, and already Ted Musgrave is on the move. He drives underneath Dennis Setzer. That's the move Musgrave needed, and he takes the spot from Dennis Setzer. He's going to go after Quapple. Musgrave jumped the restart and was black flagged by NASCAR. Ted Musgrave, though, has been posted for passing to the left on the restart. And we'll see how this is interpreted as a checkered flag is displayed. And 15 minutes later, after a discussion with Musgrave and his owner Smith, NASCAR rewarded the championship to Travis Quapple. Here's Jimmy Smith. Oh, that was the epitome of defeat. You know, we had won the championship, of course I thought, and Ted did jump the line, and NASCAR had to black flag him. And, uh, you know, uh, right's right, wrong's wrong. We just bittersweet day. Barney, apparently they have proclaimed uh, Travis Quapple as the series champion. NASCAR just came over and said, uh, tell him he can climb out of the truck. The cheers went up, and that is the official word. You know, obviously Brendan had trouble and wrecked out, and that changed the whole dynamic of the race at that point because then myself, Ted, and Dennis were only, I want to say, like 15 or 20 points apart. So it really came down to a tight points battle after Brendan was eliminated from the picture. Here's Ted Musgrave. Well, you know, it was a single-file restarts back then. And uh, late in the day at Homestead, you're really looking into the sun going into turn one. You couldn't even see the flag man, really. So uh, as we took off in, in line, it kind of got bottled up. I was probably 12th, 14th in line, something like that. I forget where I was. But I was behind, I think Mike Bliss at the time was driving a second truck for IWX. I knew that he was going to try real hard to hold me back because if I just passed one truck or whatever, I would have won the championship. So I was really on his bumper tight on the restart, and everybody took off because I heard my uh, spotter say, green, 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 because he could not see the flag, man. I took off on his bumper, and everybody checked up. And the last thing I wanted to do was run in the back and knock my radiator out or something like that. So I swerved left to miss him, but I continued on. I was still on the inside of him as we down in turn one, so I technically did, you know, pull out, and, uh, you know, it looked like I was trying to pass, but I was trying to avoid direct, but as we kept going, you know, it, it was just a situation like that happened. I went to avoid it, but it turned out to be a penalty. Bobby Hamilton was your race winner at Homestead in 2003, he carried momentum on to win the 2004 championship, and in 2005, Ted Musgrave finally won Jim Smith his first Truck Series title. And again, the celebration is on on pit road because Ted Musgrave has won the 2005 NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series Championship. In 2006, Todd Bodine won his first of two championships, while Ron Hornaday Jr. won his third title in 2007. In 2008, Hornaday was looking for his fourth while Johnny Benson Jr. driving for Bill Davis was looking for his first crown. Towards the end of the season, Johnny Benson had a six-point margin going into Phoenix, which was the second-to-last race of the year. Hornaday started on the pole, while Benson started 14th. On lap one, Hornaday's championship hopes were seemingly dashed. Hornaday tried to make his Chevy wide. He does it again, and he loses it. Hornaday loops it right here on lap one to turn three and four. Slight contact with the right front. Everybody on the binders. He collects another machine. At this point, Benson can pad his point lead with a good result. 
but crashes on lap 88. Oh, trouble in turn one. T.J. Bell pounds the wall, and Johnny Benson is in it again. Third time tonight that he's either had a close call or had contact, and this time Benson has done some significant damage to the Toyota. He keeps rolling down the back straightaway. Well, it's it, you know the championship year with Ron Hornaday was awesome, but yeah, I mean it come down to the end of the year and. And uh, we're both running at Phoenix. Ron had his problems, and me being the way I am, you still race to race to win. And so I was doing that, and of course we were coming up on a vehicle that was in conjunction with those guys. <laughs> and I went underneath them; he didn't give me a whole lot of room, so I put us both on a wall. So that kind of uh, kind of screwed the rest of the day up. But it was, um, you know. But I, I I still just go race to race like you're supposed to, and try to win it. And you know, you just at times don't have that championship thing in your mind. I've been through so many of them. I've been fortunate enough to win four of them in different divisions and so I, I don't want to change my mindset and that ended up costing me a little bit of a cushion going into Homestead. Both Hornaday and Benson's days were miserable and a week later at Homestead the two were separated by three points going into the championship with Benson holding a slight lead. Johnny Benson Jr. became NASCAR's 2008 Truck Series champion by finishing 7th and Hornaday finished eighth. Johnny Benson holds his ground. He crosses the line here, running in the seventh position, just ahead of Ron Hornaday, who finishes in eighth. Johnny Benson is going to seal it up. He'll win the championship in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. It was Benson's first truck title, and Bill Davis is one and only as a truck owner. In 2009, Hornaday became the series' first four-time champion. Both the driver and car owner championship for Ryan Hornaday Jr., another big night for KHI. And in 2014, Matt Crafton earned his second championship in a row, becoming the only driver to win championships in back-to-back seasons. And we've made history. We have indeed. Matt Crafton across the stripe. He will finish in the ninth position, and that is good enough. Matt Crafton becomes the series' first repeat champion. In 2016, NASCAR introduced a new playoff system for the trucks, similar to the Cup Series elimination-style format. The trucks adapted a new way to crown a champion, and veteran Johnny Sauter earned his first title. And for the first time in his career, Johnny Sauter is the champion of the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. This past year, Brett Moffitt won the championship, despite not knowing where he would race in 2019. Brett Moffitt, driver out of Grimes, Iowa, rolls down across the stripe. The sixth victory of the season, but more important than that, he is your 2018 NASCAR Camping World Truck Series champion winning the Ford EcoBoost 200. Brett is now rebounded and drives for GMS Racing. This November at Homestead Miami Speedway, the Truck Series will crown its 26th champion. Will we see the 18th different champion in history? I guess we'll all find out together. Next week on MRN Presents, the tough trucks of NASCAR, 25 years and still trucking, we gather the many voices who worked on the NASCAR Truck Network and Motor Racing Network They tell incredible stories all about their life on the radio network. Until then, I'm Mike Bagley. Have a great week. Today's program was a presentation of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida. The Tough Trucks of NASCAR, 25 years and still trucking, was written and produced by Tyler Burnett. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. 
Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers and warning systems for the automotive, aviation and mass notification industries worldwide. Wheelan products are designed, sourced and manufactured in America and tested on site to meet the toughest industry standards. Wheelan Engineering, manufactured in America for over 70 years. We never left and we're here to stay. 